So while preparing for this series, Friendly, I asked my three-year-old daughter, Marvel, I asked her what she thought about friendship, and I thought there's probably no better way to start this series than to hear Marvel's take on friendship. So I asked Marvel if she thought friends are important, and she said, yes. Yes, Daddy. Friends are important. And that was how she said it. I thought, good, that's a good start. And so I asked her, well, why are friends important? And she said, because we go with friends on a boat. Now, it's important to know, Marvel has never been on a boat. I don't know entirely if Marvel has ever seen a boat in person, but Marvel thinks we go with friends on boats. So I thought, oh, okay. Um, so I asked, well, what do you do with your friends on a boat? And she said, Daddy... We eat lunch. I thought, well, of, of course, if you're on a boat, of course you're going to eat lunch. I said, well, so she, I, I said, well, what do you eat for lunch? She said, well, it's not a typical lunch. It's a pizza picnic because, you know, of course it is. And so uh, then I asked, well, well, where is the boat? Is it on land or in a lake or in a sea or is it on the ocean or a river? I was really hoping that Marvel would say that she was with her friends on a boat on the river because what better picture could we have than a three-year-old on a riverboat down down the, you know, the mighty Mississippi. I thought that'd be really fun. But she told me that they were in a boat on a boat on the ocean. Fair enough. But when out of, then out of left field, she jumped back in with, before there was any other questions asked, she said, daddy, we are not on the ocean. We are in the ocean because we become mermaids. And I was like, okay. So to recap, here's what's important in friends. Here's why friends are important. Do, you know, here's why, what you got to be looking for in your friends, according to Marvel. Do they have a boat? That's not a bad quality to have in a friend, by the way. If, if you're watching and you have a boat and you don't think we're good enough friends, let me know that you have a boat. We'll become really good friends. Do they like lunch? Not a fan of lunch, not a fan of you if you're Marvel, okay? And can they become mermaids? That's cool, but to me, that's not really a deal breaker, but apparently to Marvel, if you want to be friends, you got to become a mermaid, okay? Now, that's Marvel's answer and Marvel's reason why friends are important. And I guarantee if I asked you the same question, is friendship important? Are friends important? Your answer would almost certainly be the same, that yes, friends are important. Yes, friends and friendship are are important. The relationships we have, the people we surround ourselves with, they are important. They're important. We all get that. But if I asked you why they're important, chances are, I mean, hopefully your answer would be different from Marvel's, but chances are pretty good that we would get a lot of different answers depending on, for, for whoever we ask, we would get that many different answers to the question of why are friends so important? We all think friends are important, but chances are you think and I think and every one of us thinks that friends are important for different reasons. So I looked up and I decided to try to figure out what are the most common reasons that people say friends are important or is important to, about friendship. And here are the four most, most common things when I, according to different resources and different you know, sources on, on the internet, here are the four most, most common things that people say friends are important for. Friends are important, number one, so that you never get lonely. Friends are important so you're never lonely. Now, that's not a bad reason, but I, I actually think that's kind of a weak reason that friendships would be important. If you, if you don't want to be alone, you can just surround yourself with pets, get a bunch of dogs, get a, bunch, get a snake, get yourself a bunch of cats. Get, you'll, you'll never be alone. You'll always have Fluffy and Mittens and Bitsy and Patches and Ginny. You know, all, you'll have the super kitties. It'll be amazing. You'll have all of them around. It'll be fantastic. You'd never be alone. You could just have pets. On a more serious note, we all know it's possible to have have a lot of friends and still feel lonely. Maybe you've experienced that at some point in your life. Lots of people you know and know you, plenty of people that you enjoy spending time with, but you still feel alone on some level. You still feel unknown on some level. You can absolutely have friends and still feel lonely. On an even more serious note, 
believing that friends are important so that you don't feel lonely really makes you the center of every relationship. It means you are the reason that they, ex- that they exist, that, that, that they exist for you and for your benefit so that you don't feel lonely. And it might be that you're kind of using these other people without really investing much into them, that you're counting on them to be a friend without you actually being a friend back to them. Since at the end of the day, for you, it's just about not being lonely. That's why friends are important. For some of you, that might be your reason. And I would say if that's your reason, that might be kind of a weak reason, not necessarily a wrong reason, but it's definitely not, I would say the right reason. The second most common answer is that friends are important because they give you support. What makes friendship is that feeling of being supported, that feeling that either emotionally or by agreeing with what you're doing or affirming what you're choosing or in some other way your friend supports you and what you're doing and what you're choosing and the relationships that you're in and the work that you're doing. They support you and that is a great feeling. The only problem is friends support you sometimes. Friends support you sometimes. No one is actually meant to be that support for you every day, all the time, every decision, every moment. No one can be available to you all of the time uh, like to, to support you every moment of every day, every decision, every time you feel weak, their strength. Like No one can actually be that for you. Friends support you when they can, but friends can't always support you the way that you need. And on the, on, on, on the second part of that, I would say this, that your choices don't always deserve support. Like sometimes, let's be honest, every single one of us, me included, every single one of us makes bad choices that do not deserve support. And so if we're looking for friendships and saying that friendships are important because they bring us support, we have to at least be honest enough to say, there are times in my life and times in your life where what I'm choosing and what I'm doing and the work I'm I'm engaging in, maybe the relationships we're engaged in, don't actually deserve to be supported. And so that's important to understand that, again, the friendships are important. They give you support. That is an important thing, but I don't think that's all friendships are about. Number three is that friendships are important because they help you reduce stress. When I read this, I just got to be honest, I actually laughed out loud about this. Friendships are important. The third most common reason friendships are listed as important is that they re- help you reduce stress. I mean, like I honestly laughed out loud because when I saw that this is the most commonly listed benefit of friendship, like again, like, Sometimes, sometimes there, there, are, there, there are friends that we have that reduce stress, but other times friends actually add stress, right? Because being a friend means that sometimes their mess and their stress becomes your mess and your stress. And so having friends sometimes actually adds stress. So again, you know, this, this is kind of the, the nature of the beast that sometimes they do reduce stress and other times they don't. The fourth and final reason is that friendships are important because they push you to be your best. Isn't that a great reason? Friendships are important because they push you to be your best. And that's true. Again, sometimes. Sometimes friends push you to be your best and other times friends will bring out the worst version of you. Like it's true that friends can bring out the best in you. Absolutely. They'll push you to accomplish things you never could or would on your own. And it's also true that sometimes your friends will push you to do ridiculously stupid things that you would never do on your own. Isn't that true in your life? That the most significant things you've ever done, you didn't do alone. You did with friends and with people who cared about you and pushed you and wouldn't let you give up. And the dumbest things that you've ever done, 
you didn't do alone. You did with friends and with people who pushed you and wouldn't let you stop and wouldn't let you quit when you really kind of wanted to quit. You could say all of those this way. The right friends help you feel connected in community while the wrong friends might be around you, but you still feel lonely. The right friends will support you in the right things while the wrong friends either won't support you as a person or they'll support you in the wrong things. The right friends will help you reduce stress in some ways while the wrong friends can actually bring more stress. And the right friends will push you to be your best while the wrong friends will bring out your worst. And if that sounds like the important part is choosing and prioritizing the right people in our lives, that's exactly what I'm saying as we begin this series. Because here's what I know to be true, and here's what I hope we could actually agree on and hope we can wrap our minds around why this is so important, why for our friendships, why our relationships are so important, is that our relationships determine the quality and direction of our lives. Our relationships, our friendships, our dating relationships, our marriages, our parent, like how we parent together, that our relationships determine the quality and direction of our lives. It simply does. The relationships, every relationship that's important to you at this moment, it is affecting and impacting the quality of your life right now, and it is affecting the direction that your life is heading down the road. That is simply true for all of us. And that's why we have to choose the right people, because the relationships in our lives determine the quality and direction of our lives. To talk about quality, that's what we have right now. It's what we're experiencing right now. It's how I, it's who I spend my time with now impacts what I'm doing now, what matters to me now, and who I am now. This is, so it affects our attitudes. It affects our unexplainable decisions. It, it affects our priorities. When, when you have a shift in your attitude, some, I mean, this is, this is something that I, I saw all the time as a youth pastor, but this is also something I see as a parent. This is something I see as a husband, as, as, as a husband to a wife. This is something I see in, in different people's lives, that when we make new friends, sometimes our attitudes shift. Sometimes the way, the way we talk to people shifts because we're around people who talk to people that way. Our attitudes shift and we go, how do you explain that? Well, we explain it because the people that we're around that we spend time with now affect how we act now. To talk about the unexplainable decisions, these usually have an explanation. They didn't make sense in light of the existing relationships, but there's a new one that's developed and it's impacting the decisions. And so while it's unexplainable in view of the old relationships, the existing relationships, the workplace relationships you had that mattered the most to you for a long time, now there's this new relationship and all of a sudden you're making what used to be unexplainable decisions, but they make perfect sense to you now in light of this new relationship. And your priorities, things that used to matter, now they don't matter. Things that didn't matter at all, they're now a big deal. I mean, we used to talk, I used to say this as a youth pastor to, our, to my youth students, you know, like, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. But you want to know what I know? It's not just show me your friends and I'll show you your future. It's show me your friends. And I can probably explain just about everything that you're experiencing in your life right now because our friends determine the quality of our lives, the relationships we have, our friendships, our marriage, our, our, our parenting, your co-parenting, if you're a single parent, like, like all of that, stuff, it affects who we are and what we experience right now, but it also affects the direction of our life. It does, you show me your friends and I can show you your future because it affects the direction. It affects where I'm going, what I'm building and who I'm ultimately becoming because our friendships, our relationships, the relationships that we invest in the most, the relationships that we give the most time, the relationships that we allow to have the most influence on us, they determine the quality and the direction of our lives. You could 
could even say it this way. When you choose your people, you choose who you'll become and what you will experience. When you choose your people, you choose who you'll become and what you will ultimately experience. Now, this is all over the pages of Scripture, but one of the places that we see it concentrated the most is in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is written by Solomon, widely regarded as one of the wisest men to have ever lived, or maybe the wisest person to have ever lived. He was certainly one of the wealthiest people to have ever lived. He was a king whose father was a king before him. He was a king who heard the stories of his father and the important relationships that his father had developed. His father, David, had developed, and we had the, David's mighty men and some friendships that mattered to him more than anything in, in the entire world. And Solomon at the same time was a man who had some difficulty in his own relationships. And so when Solomon began to reflect and write on the value of relationships, he had seen relationships and heard about relationships that were done right and it empowered and made a person stronger. And he also knew about some of the difficulty in the relationships in his own life that made him weaker, that, 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 that weakened his kingdom, that weakened his personality, that weakened his character. And so when he began to write about what he had to say about about, about friendships and about the relationships that matter in our lives, we should sit up and pay attention too because he had seen it work both ways. He had seen it work in the negative and seen it work in the positive. And here's three things that he said about friendships, about the relationships and the people that we surround ourselves in. Proverbs 28 verse 24, it says this, the one who robs his father or mother and says, that's no sin. I mean, like, the one who takes advantage of an aging father and mother and says, there's nothing wrong with that. That's what Solomon said. The person who takes advantage of their father and mother, steals from their father and mother and says, there's nothing wrong with that, is a companion to a person who destroys. Solomon says, this person who robs their own father and mother, takes advantage of their own father and mother, steals from their own father and mother, that wasn't their default setting. In other words, no one came out of the womb thinking, man, I can't wait, like, I know this person who nursed me. I know these people who provided for me. I know these people who put a roof over my head. I can't wait to turn around and steal from them and take advantage of them in their own age. In other words, Solomon says, they arrived at a place where they would be willing to violate their conscience with their judgment absolutely destroyed because they embraced a person as their friend, someone who destroys. And notice, Solomon doesn't say, they destroy people. He doesn't say they destroy property. He doesn't say they destroy relationships. He simply says they embraced and became a friend and a companion to one who destroys, period. In other words, their default setting in life is destruction, is to destroy. Some of you, you know someone or some people like that. Some of you, you may be right now connected and have some value, some relationships that you value highly with some people like that. Without casting judgment on them, you know that to accurately assess what goes around goes goes on around them is to say that for whatever reason, they kind of destroy stuff. Friends get destroyed. Friendships get destroyed. Matter of fact, I'm their I'm their new newest friend because it seems like there's a pattern where every year or every six months. The old friends kind of move on because things got too messy. Health gets destroyed. Reputations get destroyed. Finances get destroyed. Solomon warns us, if you get too close to a person who destroys, you should not be surprised when your conscience and your judgment and your recognition of right and wrong is what gets destroyed first. And then you start destroying relationships and people that matter to you. You'd go on in Proverbs chapter 22 to write this in verses 24 and 25. 
Don't make friends with an angry person and don't be a companion of a hot-tempered one, or you will learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. Now, one thing that we don't necessarily catch in English in, in, in Proverbs is that Proverbs is written as poetic wisdom. And that takes many different forms. Here we have what's known as an ABAB poetic pattern. What that means is that we have an A and a B and then an A that connects back to the first A and a B that connects back to the first B. Does this make sense? We have A, B, A, B, and A is connected to A, B is connected to B. If we were to reorder this to keep things connected in the best way possible, here's what it would actually say. The reorder of Proverbs chapter 22, verses 24 and 25. Don't make friends with an angry person or you will learn his ways. And don't be a companion of a hot-tempered one because you will entangle yourself in a snare. Here's the point that Solomon is driving to with both of these texts. You'll become what your friends are and you'll reap the results of your friends' choices. To, to look at both of these, if you become a companion of one who destroys, you will destroy. But you won't just destroy and you won't just become that. You will also reap the consequences of their choices. So you will become someone who destroys by hanging out with someone who destroys. You'll become an angry person by hanging around an angry person, by being the companion of an angry person, by being a friend of an angry person. You will become an angry person. He says, but you will also, you will also, don't be a companion of a hot-tempered one, because if you do, you will entangle yourself in a snare. If you hang around someone who destroys, don't be surprised when your life gets destroyed because they destroy and they'll destroy everything around them. He, the point is, again, you'll become what your friends are and you'll reap the results of your friends' choices. When someone is reckless with their own life, Chances are being around them will make you more reckless with your own life, with your own finances, with your health, with everything that you've got, with your relationships, with your marriage, with your dating. Like you will be more reckless just by being around a reckless person. But on top of that, you're like, well, I can manage my own risk. That's true. But can you manage theirs as well? So you hang around a reckless person, you become more reckless yourself but you also will reap the consequences of their recklessness. You hang around a destructive person, you'll become more destructive, but you'll also reap the consequences and experience the consequences of their destruction. You hang around an angry person, as Psalm says. You hang around a person who's late all the time. I mean, like for some of us, like we weren't always late. For some of you who are late people, you weren't always late, but you hung around people who were late all the time. You're like, this is not the same as a destructive person and a reckless person. You're right, it's not the same. But do you notice that you became more and more late when you were hanging around more and more and more late people because you, you become like the people that you hang around with. And sometimes you also experience the consequences of their lateness and the judgment of people because of their lateness and the, and the way people look at you and the way people kind of ex, you know, have changed their expectations of you and expect that you're going to be late. And you're like, I'm not always late, but they've changed their expectations because that's the consequence of being around people who are always late. You will become what your friends are and you'll reap the results of your friends' choices. One more thing that Solomon wrote in chapter Chapter 13, verse 20 of Proverbs. This is, a, this is the famous one. The one who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. This is Solomon putting all of that together into one category, saying, if you walk with the wise, you'll become wise. But a companion of fools, a friend of fools, someone who surrounds themselves with a fool or with foolish people will not just become foolish, although you probably will, you'll also suffer harm. 
Again, who you become and what you experience. You walk with the wise, you're gonna become wise. And again, this is not walk with the wise person for five minutes and you're gonna become wise. This is walk with the wise for a season and a stretch of life, for a long stretch of life, long enough for their wisdom to become your wisdom, long enough for their wisdom and their understanding and their experience to become your understanding and your wisdom and your experience. This is hang around with wise people, develop friendships with wise people, spend time in relationship with wise people, spend time in a small group with wise people and their wisdom will become your wisdom. You will become wise by spending time with the wise people. So walk with the wise and you'll become wise. He says, but if you walk with the fools, if you walk with the fools, again, chances are you'll become foolish, but you're also gonna suffer harm. So there's what you become, who you become, and what you'll experience. Who you become and what you'll experience. Again, the same thing that we've said a number of times. You'll become what your friends are, you'll become who your friends are, and you will reap the results of your friends' choices. You will reap the results of your friends' choices. And so at the end of the day, the question and the driving force as we begin this series, and we're gonna talk about our friendships, we're gonna talk about our relationships, we're gonna talk about how to build better relationships, but at the beginning of how we build better relationships, there has to be a fundamental question and a fundamental challenge to the idea of we don't build good relationships with people that destroy, and we don't build great healthy relationships with people who are unhealthy, and we don't build life-giving and life-building relationships with people whose whole existence is, is about destroying things. We do not build peaceful relationships with people who are constantly angry and looking for conflict. And at the end of the day, the real challenge here as we begin this series friendly is simply this, to choose your friends carefully, not casually. To choose your relationships, to choose your friends, to choose your people carefully, not casually. To choose your friends carefully, not casually. See, here's the, world, the, way, the way the world works. The way the world works is we embrace friends casually and we, very, we give very little care or very little thought or very little, little attention to who they are when we're building relationships. But at the end of the day, if we want friendships that build who we want to, that help us become who we want to be and help us experience what we want to experience, a fundamental question we have to ask ourselves is, are we choosing our friendships carefully? Are we choosing our friends carefully? Are we choosing our relationships carefully? Are we choosing our people carefully? Or are we letting them happen casually? See, casual is like, well, I'm just gonna spend time with the people that I work with. You gave no thought. You didn't hire any of those people. I mean, unless you're the boss, you didn't hire any of those people. And even if you're the boss, you didn't hire them because you wanted to spend time with them outside of work. You hired them because of what they could do for you in the office, in the job, in the, in, in, uh, uh, in the workplace, in, in the school. You hired them for what they could do, not necessarily always who they were. It's the people that I work with. Casual is the people I go to school with. If you're a college student, if you're a high school student, if you're a middle school student, it's, 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 you, you didn't choose the class that you ended up in. You didn't choose who else was gonna be there. They're just the people that you're in class with every day. They're the, the people you walk the halls of the school with. And to say, the people that I go to school with, they're automatically gonna be my best friends. Everyone in the engineering program, chances are that's gonna be my best relationship. Everyone in the English or in the, in the education majors, they're gonna be my, my, my best friends. To say that is to mean that you are being casual with 
your relationships. Casual is, the, well, it's just the people at my kids' school or it's the people that my, um, that my kids, you know, sports teams are, uh, and so we're going to spend time, we, we naturally kind of spend a lot of time together, so naturally those are going to be the people that are maybe my best friends in this season. Casual is the people that I naturally spend time with. They become the most influential people. That's casual. And you're thinking, why would never do that? Some of you have done that. Some of you are doing that right now where the people that matter most to you, the people whose voices matter the most, the people whose voices are the most influential are just the people that you happen to spend the most time around because of whatever you happen to be involved with and you gave no thought to whether or not they should be the most important voices and the most influential people in your life. Carefully means I choose to prioritize the right people as the most influential voices and as the most influential people, as the people that I listen to, as the people that I seek advice from, as the people that I seek to spend extra time with. I'm going to be intentional to prioritize the right people and the right voices and the wise voices and the peacemaking voices and the people who have shown to be people of strength. I'm going to choose to, to prioritize those people over the people, like again, I'm not going to be mean or rude or disrespectful to the people that I naturally spend time with. I'm not going to stop naturally spending time with them. That, those are people at work. Those are people at school. Those are people that my kids are going to be around, so I'm going to be around them too. So I'm not going to be rude. I'm not going to be disrespectful. But at the same time, those people, just because they are in my life, doesn't mean they're the most important people in my life. Those people, because I naturally spend time with them, does not mean that I have to spend extra time with them and give them an extra seat at the table of my life. And so here's the question. Okay, so if we got to be careful. How do we know who's the right people to surround ourselves with? And I want to give you six things to look for in the people that you would spend surround yourself with. If you're, if you're like, I, I want to be careful. Chris, Chris is saying, I mean, he's, he's my pastor. I got to be, I, I, he, I don't want to be casual. I want to be careful. I don't want to be casual. I want to be, I want to be intentional about who I surround myself with. So, so who should I surround myself with? Here's who you should surround yourself with. You should surround yourself with people who follow Jesus. Like, to me, that's a pretty big, like, deal breaker. Do, like, the most influential voices in my life, I want them to be people who follow Jesus. And I want them to be people who follow Jesus the way that I want to follow Jesus. I want them to be people who follow Jesus better than I follow Jesus. Because if my friends will determine who I become and what I will experience... I want to become a better follower of Jesus. So I want to be around people with the same faith, with, the, with faith in the same person, following the same person who died for my sins, who rose from the dead, who has and offers real and lasting life. And I want to follow people who follow him like I do and people who follow him better so that I can become a better follower of Jesus because of the people that I spend time with. And I want to experience the fruit of spending time with people who follow Jesus and even follow him sometimes better than I follow him. So you, have, so you want to be careful about who you, who you spend time with? Make sure you spend time with people who follow Jesus because you'll become who they are and you'll experience the fruit of their lives. Second thing is you should, you should, you should surround yourself with people who are wise. I mean, Solomon said, it. walk with the wise, you'll become wise. Don't walk with fools because you'll suffer harm. Those who walk with fools suffer harm. Walk with people who are wise. Walk with people who you've seen the fruit of their lives and you've seen the fruit of their decisions. And sometimes the decisions weren't always popular. Sometimes the decisions weren't always easy. But you know, looking back on it, that this was wise. For most of us, 
To know that someone is wise, you actually have to see a person who is older than you or who has lived longer in the stages of life that you're living in. So there are sometimes people who, you know, who are five years, 10 years younger than me, but they've had kids a lot longer than me. And I can see the way that their life and the way that they're parenting is wise or unwise. And when I look to see like, who are the parents that I want to become like, as we got a five-year-old and a three-year-old, I'm looking at people who got great 10-year-olds and I've seen the, the, the fruit of their parenting and the wisdom of their parenting. When you talk about finances, you should hang around people and learn from people and ask questions of people who have lived wise financial lives, not people who have been reckless, people who have lived wise financial lives. And wise doesn't mean, well, they don't just go, they don't go on vacations. I mean, maybe people do that. I don't, like, I don't know. But what's the fruit of their lives? Have they, have they built a, a solid financial life? And I want to be surrounded by people who are wise. Number three is people who speak truth. People who speak truth. See, here's the thing. We all want to be surrounded by people who speak encouragement. At the end of the day, you need truth more than you need encouragement. It's great if you can get both. But when, it, when push comes to shove, we all know there are people that we have too often surrounded ourselves with who are encouraged, 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 and they have encouraged us sometimes in the wrong things. They've affirmed the wrong things. They have affirmed things that, would, that they knew at the time would be harmful to us. We asked them for advice and they said, well, follow your heart. Follow your heart is very encouraging, but it's terrible advice. And so I want people who speak the truth because you need to hear truth even when you don't want to hear the truth. You always need truth, which means you always need people who speak truth. Number four is you want people of proven strength. You want to surround yourself with people of proven strength, they in, meaning they endure through difficulty and trials, meaning when they go through a difficult situation of life, when they go through a different difficult season of, of, of life with their kids, when they go through a difficult season of life with a breakup during college, when they go through a difficult season of life, they endure. They are strong enough to endure. And they don't just endure in that way like, well, I'm surviving. And I'm like, but they're strong and they're focused on Jesus and they're still engaging with the world around them in a way that matters to God, that matters to Jesus and that builds people up. They're strong and they are proven over time to be strong. Number five is you want people who have demonstrated integrity, meaning their life matches what they claim to believe. In other words, if you've got someone who's claiming to follow Jesus, but their life doesn't look like they follow Jesus, that might be a person that, you know, like, hey, cool, I'll see you at church, glad you're around. But you're not going to be one of the most influential voices in my life because what you claim to believe doesn't look like what you live. And so I want a person who what they claim to be looks a lot like their life. It's people of demonstrated integrity, people whose integrity and whose character has lasted and endured through difficult moments, through, through, through trial moments, through tempta temptation moments, that they've endured through through long stretches of life. And then finally, I want to be surrounded by people of peace. Like what's within their control is easy, it's light, and it's grace-filled. They don't have a heavy presence where like when they're around, they're always sighing and talking about how difficult everything, but they're like, hey, I'm still going to get everything done, but I don't need to make a, a show about it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to get it done. I'm just, I want, there are people who don't, like conflict tends to not follow them because they know how to make peace and they know how to speak peacefully. They have peaceful relationships. They're just a person of peace. And so if I could tell you six things that I, that, that I think you should be careful to surround yourself with, I think you want to get people who follow Jesus. I think you want to surround yourself with people who are wise. I want to think, think you want to surround yourself with people who speak truth. You want to surround yourself with people of proven strength. You want to surround yourself with people of demonstrated integrity. And you want to surround yourself with people of peace. And you want to know why you choose those people and why you should be careful to choose those people? 
Because that's who you want to become. And that's what you want to experience, right? You want a life that follows Jesus. If you didn't, you wouldn't be here today. I mean, like some of you, you may not be following Jesus, but you're thinking about it and you're curious about it. And you're, you're thinking at some point, maybe I need to actually like make that decision to dive in and follow Jesus because you know that Jesus offers you a better life and he offers you eternal life. He offers you eternal life and he makes you better at this life. And so you ought to be surrounded by people who follow Jesus better than you do or like you want to because you will become like the people you surround yourself. You should surround yourself with people that you view as wise because you'll become wiser. You should surround yourself with people who speak truth because you will become a truth-centered person, a person of truth who lives the truth, who lives for the truth. You should surround yourself with people of proven strength because they'll make you stronger. You should surround yourself with people of demonstrated integrity because you don't want to let them down and you'll become a person of character and whose, whose integrity is demonstrated in your own life. You should surround yourself with people of peace because your relationships and your life will be full of peace. And not only will you become those things, you will reap the benefits of their choices as well. And this is what you want for your own life. This is what you want for your family. This is what you want for the family that you hope to someday build. This is what you want for your kids. This is what you want to become. And this is who you, what you want to experience. And so the best thing that every single one of us can do is to make sure that we choose our people carefully not casually, that we don't just let our community happen and we don't just let our friendships happen by, by, by chance, that we don't just let our, our friendships happen by who we happen to work with or go to school with or spend some time around or have some mutual friends, but we make sure that our friendships happen intentionally and we intentionally prioritize the right voices and the right influences and the right people. And if we do that, We'll not just be friendly to people around us, but we'll be friendly to our own lives as we build the friendships that matter most, as we build the relationships that matter most, as we build the relationships that don't just matter because they keep us you know, company, that they don't just matter because they give us support, but they give us the right support and they give us the right community and they help us to follow the one who has ultimately called us to a new and living way. And if we'll do that, our relationships, our friendships, our community, our connection will be better and it'll be stronger. And next week, we'll begin to talk about how we embrace the right people and how we build the friendships and the relationships that matter most in our lives. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for everything that you are to us. Thank you that you are a good Heavenly Father. Thank you that you are a loving Heavenly Father. And thank you that you created us for community, that you created us to know and to be known and that we can choose that right now, and that we can choose that with the right people right now. So God, help us to choose our relationships and choose our people and choose our friendships carefully, not casually. God, we know that when we choose casually, we could be led astray. We could be supported in all the wrong things. We could have a whole bunch of people around us and still feel lonely. We could have all of that. But God, as we embrace the people and the kind of people that you want us to embrace, we know that you will build community. We know that you will build us. You'll build our character. You'll build our strength. And most importantly, You'll build and grow the way we follow you and the way that we know you. So God, help us to choose our friends carefully. Help us to choose our people carefully. Help us to not be casual with this area of our life that matters so much. God, if we want all the quality that you have for us, we want to go in the direction that you have for us. So help us to choose our friends knowing that they'll shape the direction and the quality of our lives. Help us to do that. Help us to be wise in this area of our friendships, of our relationships, of the people that we ultimately surround ourselves with. We love you, God, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.